You are listening to the GTT podcast from the Canadian Council of the Blind. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Canadian Council of the Blind Get Together with Technology. This is our national call for Wednesday, April 14, 2021. Today, our topic is the ORCAM, and I am pleased to uh, welcome to our call Brian Walensky from New York City and Michelle Menzies from Florida. Welcome, and I'd like to ask you both to introduce yourselves and then take it away your uh, presentation. Thank you. Sure, thanks so much, Michelle. Why don't you uh, introduce yourself and then I will, because then I'll get started. Well, thank you all so much for having us today. It's a pleasure to be with all of you. Um, as mentioned, I am speaking to you from Florida. So I've been with ORCAM for two and a half years. I was previously the area sales manager for Florida and for Puerto Rico. And so now recently I am overseeing the whole Southeast of the United States. So, um, you know, it's it's been a great experience for me and it's really a great uh, time to be part of ORCAM with all the changes and advances we're doing to our technology. Thanks, Michelle. And my name is Brian Walensky. I am a low vision optometrist uh, and I practice optometry in New York City. Uh, and I also consult for ORCAM Technologies. Um, you know, just I'll start with, you know, over the years of just practicing optometry, um, I've met a lot of patients and learn a lot from my patients. So also I learn a lot from groups like this. So thank you for all being here as well, because uh, we all learn together. Um, and what I learn also is that just as every exam is unique uh, to each individual, I've learned that assistive technology is you know very personal to each and every individual. And that's in, in the choice of what technology you use should be a personal choice and what goals and needs uh, an individual has. But you know, there's been uh, many advancements, as Michelle's just said, with technology and where it's going, but it's not new. I always think of, you know, the first or the, like the, what I call the precursor to OCR technology, which was the Optiphone in, uh, that came out in 1914. It actually was in the World's Fair and it emitted a sound for each letter that came out. And someone was able to read the fact about an average of like 60 words per minute. So, uh, so um, it's, uh, so, sorry, six, I think it was 60, yeah, 60, 60 letters, sorry, per minute. That's what it was. And um, so it's come a long way. And I call that like the precursor of OCR. But when I was in optometry school also, and not meaning to date myself, you know, the, the biggest technology we had was the CCTV when it went, you know, and that's, that's all we kind of learned and uh, handheld magnifiers and a lot, a lot has changed. And here we are, you know, today. So I heard about WorkCam uh, initially in 2013, and it was actually through a patient of mine. Like I said, I'm always learning from my patients. And uh, the patient said to me, you know, I heard about this WorkCam device. I read about it in a newspaper. What is it? I said, I have no idea. I never heard of it, didn't know about the article. So I said, let me make a phone call. So I called up and found out they're located in Israel, and I got on the phone with someone. So actually our call was, uh, was supposed to have another person from the, from the company in Israel. But as you can imagine with being six hours time difference, he didn't make it tonight. So, uh, so that's why me and Michelle, but we're glad to be here. Um, 
they, uh, I got on the phone with them and they said, well, we want to really talk with you being a low vision optometrist. Uh, we have a product that we're going to be introducing in the United States and then Canada actually was soon to follow. Uh, I did go up there in Toronto at CNIB uh, and had a good time there and met a lot of individuals. Um, but they said, uh, you know, we wouldn't want to meet you. So within about two weeks, I was at Newark Airport in New Jersey meeting up with people from Israel and uh, got together with them. And it's been seven years since, and I've been working with the company as a consultant. And it's been uh, amazing to see how the technology has grown since then. And since then, we not only now, the company has not only has one product, they have two products, which I'll talk about. Um, but a little bit of just about the history of the company, if anyone doesn't know, um, you know, it is an Israeli company, like I said, it was founded in 2010 by its founders, Dr. Amnon Shashua and Mr. Zivav Ram, who also had another company that they started in the 90s called Mobileye. Mobileye used artificial vision intelligence and, and technology to enable safer driving for collision detection in cars. And that's actually what's being enabled for now self-driving cars. And actually that company uh, was then sold to Intel. So from having that successful company, they then decided to take uh, vision technology or computer vision and put it into a device, a device like OrCam and develop technology uh, for people who are blind or visually impaired. And that's what today OrCam does. So they develop wearable and handheld personal AI devices for people who are blind, visually impaired. And now that includes anyone with reading difficulties like dyslexia and also uh, individuals who are stroke survivors or anyone who basically has a learning difficulties because we have a new reading device. Uh, their main device is the OrCam My Eye, which is a wearable device and a multifunctional device. And now they have, as I mentioned, a new device, uh, which was launch launched last year uh, during this pandemic, uh, the OrCam Read, uh, which is a handheld reading device, as I mentioned before. So what I wanted to do is kind of go over the devices and explain uh, the OrCam My Eye first. So I'm actually going to take it off its charger and we might hear that it's charged up, hopefully. Waking up. Charger disconnected. Battery is 100% charged. Perfect. Battery is hmm. fully charged. Wi-Fi disconnected from OrCam2.4G. <laughs> Sorry, it's still talking to me. All right. But at least it's telling me what's going on. So the device itself, I'm holding in my hand right now, and it's about the size of your finger or as some people use uh, the analogy of like a lipstick case. Uh, and it weighs less than an ounce and attaches to most any eyeglasses magnetically. So it can attach, it basically attaches to the side of, of someone's glasses on the temple, either on the left or right side, does not matter which, it's just someone's preference. And what the device does, it has a 13 megapixel camera in the front and it takes a picture and then it speaks back the information that it sees to the individual who's wearing it. And what it specifically does, it's able to read printed text off of any surface. So whether that be a computer screen, a book, a newspaper, a box, uh, or even a product, um, it also recognizes uh, faces. So it does facial recognition, recognizes products, barcodes, color, and money. So it's a multifunctional device. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna actually put it on my glasses 
So again, it's an ordinary pair of eyeglasses, does not matter. I would say the only pair of eyeglasses that maybe it might not work with is that is something that is um, wrap around because it is a camera and the camera needs to be facing forward instead of to the side. So I'm gonna be placing it on the right side of my glasses and I'm gonna make sure it's on. Uh, uh, there's a little touch pad on the side that's used to control. So you use swipes and taps in order to control it. So I'm just gonna swipe it there, good. And it just told me volume is maximum. Uh, in order, so what I wanna do is go through sort of each uh, function that it does and explain how it works. So OrCam's number one feature is reading. So it's able to read text, as I said, printed text. And the way to get it to do that is in one of three ways. I can, it can read text either by me tapping on that touchpad on the side, I'll hear a shutter sound like taking a picture and then it'll automatically start reading to me. It can also start reading by automatic means, meaning I just hold text up in front and it'll start reading and I'll read the text. I have that feature off right now just because it gets annoying. I don't want to keep reading everything in front of me. And then the third way is by a gesture. So by a gesture, I mean that you point forward with your finger and it understands that gesture and it sees, and it's not like pointing at someone because that would be rude. You would point up like the number one, like pointing to the ceiling and it sees my nail. I'll hear a beep, an auditory beep from the device telling me that it recognized my finger. If I remove my finger, then automatically I'll hear a shutter sound, taking a picture, and then it speaks back the text. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read from a book and I'm going to demonstrate how it works and, and uh, describe also. Hopefully I'm describing everything okay for everybody. But I have a book here in front of me and I always like to use this book here. It's uh, called The Blind Visionary. It's, uh, uh, it's um, about Virginia Jacko, who's the CEO of Miami Lighthouse. And uh, she's the one who I always credit to getting me involved actually in low vision. So she changed my whole career. So I always like to use her book. So what I'm doing now, and again, I'm gonna, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna put this on a speaker so everybody else can hear. Um, it does uh, connect to Bluetooth. I can connect it to a external Bluetooth speaker like I'm doing now, or it could connect to uh, like AirPods or uh, earphones. So I'm just making sure the speaker's on. Give me a sec. Good. Now, one great, oh, it's suspended on me. One great thing about OrCam is that I can, whoop, there it goes. It's connecting, I think. So let me make sure it connected. Hang on. Battery is 100% charged. So, audio device there we Superstar Hotshot connected. Bluetooth audio device Superstar Hotshot connected. And it thinks it's a superstar. So it connected to Superstar. <laughs> That's the name of the speaker. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna hold the text up in front of me about 12 to 13 inches, or should I say 30, 30 to 40 centimeters. Uh, I, I forgot, we're talking with, with, I gotta talk metrics. Okay, so uh, I'm holding the page up about sort of nose or eye level because the camera is up on the glasses. It does have a little uh, turn in and down, but not down where I hold it down and my face is forward. So I do have to have it in front of my nose. Wherever my nose is pointing is wherever the camera is pointing. So I'm holding a book up. I'm gonna point at the text with my finger. We hear a beep, a shutter sound. Part three, lessons to share a dialogue 117. The community on behalf of the lighthouse in all kinds of forums as a person who struggled with tremendous performance. So it's reading, two decades if I wanted to stop. I began my consulting and 
all I did to stop it is I put my hand out. So it does a gesture. So this two gestures that I just did, one was pointing to activate it to read. The second gesture was putting my hand out for it to stop. And there's actually a third gesture, which if I just look at my wrist. The time is 7.15 PM. So it tells me the time. While it's reading, I can also fast forward, rewind, or pause as well. I can also, of course, make the um, speed go faster. So I believe I have it at about 180, 200 words per minute, but it can go up to about 300 if someone wants it to go faster. So that's um, reading. And again, it's reading printed text. I know one question usually is, can it read handwriting? Uh, no, it can't. Only, only really if it's really, really neat, neat handwriting, I would say. Right, Michelle? That's correct. Yeah, but right. very rarely, very rarely. Right, exactly. So I mentioned the other things that it does is facial recognition. Now it can do that automatically and I can recognize people up to about 10 to 12 feet away that I, I've had it recognized. Right now I have it set to a manual mode. Uh, to, so if I take, I'm taking OrCam off of my glasses and I'm pointing it towards me and I'm just gonna take a picture of myself. Dr. Brian, and it recognizes me. It can re recognize up to a hundred faces and a hundred people. Uh, it's very easy to put someone in the system. It takes about 30 seconds. You just have to take a picture of them uh, pretty much by using the touch bar and the touch bar dictates to you what to do. So everything you're doing, it tells you exactly what to do and, and how to put a person into the system. Same with products. And you can also even recognize barcodes. So it has about a million barcodes in the system as it is right now, but let's say it doesn't recognize a barcode. So I actually had something interesting just this morning. I was working with someone who actually has a business and he has to label all his products with his own barcodes. And so he's using OrCam and he's teaching his own labeled barcodes to the system. And that way now he knows which box is which of his product. So I thought that was very interesting. Uh, this, and just this morning I learned that, that he was using it like that. Um, but if I wanted to look at a barcode, all I need to do is automatically hold something with a barcode up and it's gonna tell me uh, the-, the um, Water yeah. natural. So it said water natural. Let's see if I got something else here. Let's try something else here. Purell Advanced Hand Sanitizer Refreshing Gel. So Purell Hand Sanitizer. So recognizes the barcode, but not only that, I can also read directly off the labels. So if I just pointed at the text or tapped on the side of the device, I can read, I can read those labels. Uh, it also has um, money detection, just like any money detector. Doesn't matter uh, which way I hold the bill. It just, if I hold it in front, it's automatically- $20. So $20. It does do uh, different money notes. So uh, euros, Canadian money, uh, pesos, it does uh, all different uh, countries, as well as auto detection language. So it, if, 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 if we wanted it to read French, I can set it to auto detection so I can read auto, automatically English or French and as well as Spanish. So we can, we, they can do that as well for anyone speaking both languages. Um, what I wanted to show next is some newer features that uh, OrCam has uh, and, and discuss. One of them is another way of reading. I know I said it only reads um, by 
the three methods of automatic tapping and by uh, gesture, but there's also a new method of reading called smart reading. And what smart reading does, it goes into a mode and with smart reading, you can take a picture of the text and this is great for newspapers or menus or a bill. Um, and you can get what you want out of the text. So what I'm gonna do is tap on the device twice. I'm gonna say a voice command. So that's another thing that OrCam is able to do. It's able to, I'm um, able to interact with it and I can change settings that way also just by voice commands. And I'm gonna say smart reading. And when I say smart reading, it's gonna go into that mode, take a picture, and then I'm able to get what I want out of this newspaper that I have in front of me, which has uh, some articles. So I'm gonna hold the newspaper again, about eye level in front of me, about 10 to 12 inches away. I'm gonna double tap. Smart reading. Note that there may be more text below. Ready. Read the headlines. Found two headlines. First result, being paid to sit in apostrophe s.n.l. Seats. Second result, talking about beat generation. So read me the two headlines and then all I got to say is read the second article. Talking about beat generation by Elizabeth Vincentelli. A man chases the perfect funky drummer. Dylan Whissing has been making and a living as a stop, I just put my hand out and it stops. What I'm going to do next is just say exit. It should have exited. <laughs> exit. Exiting. There we go. So I get out of that smart reading mode. There's another new feature called orientation. And like I mentioned also, not just newspapers, but then I can ask like a menu, I can just get the desserts, I can get prices of things, get the amounts, get the dates on a bill possibly. Um, there's another new feature called orientation, but it's in beta phase right now and it's being beta tested. Uh, again, it's, it's not orientation where it's taking a place of a cane or a guide dog or anything like that. It's orienting things in a room like chairs, tables, windows, uh, doors, and then helping guide someone to those things. So I would just go into that mode and say what's in front of me and it'll tell me the objects that are there and help guide me as well. But uh, the, as I mentioned, it's not working to its full potential yet, but it is a, in, beta, in beta right now and being tested. Is it, um, Michelle, maybe you wanna mention about the privacy of uh, OrCam because I think that's important also. Sure. So really, one of the really nice things about um, the device is that it is a completely secure device. So what I mean by that is, for example, you may use um, some apps that are out there that they're, they're nice and they're free. But when you use that app and it takes a picture, what it does is it exports that information to an external server. So it's stored there. So let's say you're looking at a financial statement, you're looking at a medical, some, a medical uh, document, that information is stored on that server, let's say for two or three years. So it can be compromised, it's not secure. What is unique about the OrCam is when it takes a picture, nothing's exported. All the computation is done on that device. So when you take a picture of somebody and you program it in your device, you're not exporting it anywhere. When you are uh, taking a picture of a document that is important to you, let's say that you work in a medical environment, HIPAA compliance is very important. You may not be able to use that device in that situation. 
if it's something that's going to export or can be downloaded to another server. So privacy is very important to us. We respect your privacy. Nothing is exported. All the computation remains on the device. Exactly. And, and not only that, what's also good is, you know, it doesn't require any Wi-Fi to work. Right. So it can always work for you. It's funny, a friend, a friend of mine uh, who I've gotten friendly actually through WarCam, he, uh, I invited him a couple of years ago to go uh, camping. And uh, he said to me, he said, I'm not going camping. There's no Wi-Fi, you know, and it, it's everyone, we all depend on Wi-Fi for so many things. And where this device, then uh, what we can do is count on it to work when there is no Wi-Fi. So that's important as well. It doesn't send anything to the cloud. And again, uh, the privacy factor. What I wanted to do is describe and sort of do quickly, and then we can get to questions, the new device, the OrCam Read. So also another thing, a good thing to mention before I forget is that uh, the OrCam My Eye, a lot of people will say to me, well, who is it exactly for? Is it someone for someone who's blind? Is it for someone who's visually impaired? What level of impairment? What if I have you know, macular degeneration versus star guards versus, well, the one thing about OrCam is that hopefully through the presentation that we got is that it's not magnifying anything. It's not doing anything with our eyes. So it can be for anybody. It can be for someone who's visually impaired or blind, no matter what condition someone has, uh, it, it can be helpful. So it's not utilize, utilizing anything of your vision. So um, I had people initially earlier on say, well, it must be for someone who's blind, must be for someone who's visually impaired. Well, it's for both. Um, and again, no matter what condition that someone has, I would say the only things that really, as an eye doctor, I'd say that, that really it doesn't, someone maybe doesn't qualify using it is if someone has maybe a head tremor or something like Parkinson's, because you do need the camera to be still. Uh, hearing difficulties can be an issue, but if you if you do wear a hearing aid and a hearing aid works for you, then you'll be able to hear with WarCam. I had an individual today I worked with who had a cochlear implant and it actually worked very well. We just had to put it on the same side of where his cochlear implant was. I have had some individuals just where they're just, they just don't like text to speech. They're just not auditory readers. They're not liking something auditory. Um, this I find more with my um, aging eye disease uh, patients and uh, just because they're not used to it. And it's something that, that maybe they're just not ready for, I don't know, but it's sort of like not comprehending. And then realistic expe expectations, you know, uh, technology, you know, it definitely is technology. It can make some mistakes and there's some things it doesn't do. It doesn't do dog recognition and it won't find your keys. So those are things that it doesn't do yet, but maybe one day. Uh, the next, the other device, like I mentioned, is the OrCam Read device, and I'm holding it in my hand here. And as I said, this is not a wearable device. This one is a, a handheld device, and it's about the size of a magic marker, uh, about five about five inches in length, and weighs just under just about one and a half ounces. And it's held like a pen, and it's pretty much similar to the device, the other device, the My Eye, in that it has a camera where it takes a picture. And again, it's a 13 megapixel camera. Both of them also, just to mention, have two little LED lights. So if the light level is low, like in a restaurant, lights will automatically come on because like, you know, it needs to still see the text in order to take a photo. So it's a point and click feature. Basically, all I'm doing is pushing a button 
holding it like a pen, pushing a button, and then it instantly reads for me the text. So it has um, guidance on there, like, like a laser light that has two different laser guidances. One is a cursor, like on a computer screen. So if I push the button down, a cursor will show me where it's reading from or where I want to start from. Or I could switch it to a bounding box, which bounds the area I want it to read. So I could read a paragraph, a section, or hold it back and get, get a whole page. So I can actually know that I'm capturing the whole entire page. So initially, as I'm saying, oh, it guides me. It's sighted. It, it has a, a sighted guide with a laser. So for someone who's visually impaired can see that. And that's really what initially it was kind of designed for, for low vision or visual impairment. But I have worked with a few blind individuals who are able to use it and use it very well. And, and they, they really liked it. It's just more about getting that orientation and knowing how the device works. So it really can work for both. And another sector where this is working as well is uh, individuals who are uh, stroke survivors who just have difficulty reading or reading fatigue. And also um, for kids uh, in school now uh, with dyslexia, it's actually being looked into as well as sort of like a, like a reading pen. So what I wanna do is I'll just uh, turn it on here. Let me just make sure that the device is on. It should have been on. Hang on. Of course, now it's not working, right? Do you have yours, Michelle? <laughs> I do, sure. Hold on one second for me. Sure. Oh, there it goes. I think it's going. Nope. There, now I got it. It's waking up. I got it now. Audio device superstar hotshot connected. Bluetooth audio device superstar hotshot connected. So I think it was just trying to connect to the, uh, the Bluetooth. So what I'm doing is I'm holding it like a pen and I'm gonna shine the laser light on the text just by pushing the button. 127, the three lessons of Joe Flom, someone he was talking to without apology, but in the judgment of colleagues and of some adversaries, his will to win was unsurpassed and he was often masterful. That what? So all I did is then push the button again to make it stop. And again, I can fast forward and rewind as, uh, as well while it's going or pause the text. And that's pretty simply how this works. Very simple. It can also, uh, people can add the smart reading feature into this as well if they want it. Uh, they don't have to. So that could be, could be an extra thing on that. Did you want to add anything, Michelle, onto the, uh, the OrCam reading? No, I think you did a great job. The only thing I would mention um, as well with the read is um, it does have a, part, a port Thank for hardwired earphones that we provide that come with the device. So if Bluetooth isn't something that you want to use, you can very simply uh, just plug in the blue, the earphones that we provide and use that as an option. Correct. And, you know, that's the devices. And, and the um, company, as I mentioned, is, is in Israel. They have uh, an amazing facility there and an R&D department um, of over 200 engineers just working on these products. So it's pretty amazing of where when I started with them, I think they had something about like 30, 30 to 35 employees and uh, engineers and uh, where they've come and where this technology is going. And I do know that the, um, you know, the developers really see this as, you know, trying to stretch the limits of artificial intelligence 
and make it more of a personal artificial intelligence device and dependable. Thank you very much for that great uh, uh, presentation, Brian and Michelle. Hi, I, uh, I might have missed it in the presentation, but when you scanned a, a document and it's reading and you pause that document, how do you resume? Is that a play pause, the, the gesture to pause it? Does it also resume the reading? Correct. So it's a double tap on the side of the device, sort of like, you know, gestures and taps and just have to learn, uh, you know, which gestures, which taps you to do. So it's a double tap on the side of the device to pause it. And then you just do another double tap to re to resume. Thank you. Thanks. I'm going to sneak um, two questions in here, if I might. Uh, the first one is about the read. What is the distance range on that? Uh, I, I guess where I'm coming from is, you know, could I stand on a street corner and read a sign across the street, whether it be, a, you know, an establishment, a retail establishment, or even a street sign? And point number two, um, when you had the glasses on, I, I'm, I'm curious about product placement. Uh, how accurate does one have to be? I noticed you... We're holding up a book with, you know, just a, a spine with, with two sides to it, a left and a right. How is the unit able to determine, you know, that I'm not getting half of page A and half of page B as opposed to the whole page B? I mean, is it, is it really, do you, have to, do you have to be precise, I guess, is my question. So, no, those are great questions. So as far as I'll, I'll, I'll take the um, distance, so yes, you know, in essence, you can get far away signs and street signs and things like that. I would say the device is more designed currently more for a personal space use, but can it get distance? Yes, I've actually had individuals say they like using it, you know, when we did go to conferences for reading like a PowerPoint slide uh, from far away. Um, but it's about sort of accuracy for far away things. So if you, you know, if you knew where about the sign was and you tap the side or click the button, uh, you could do that. Um, but if let's say uh, you were blind and, and you don't know where the sign is, it's sort of, I have some, a friend of mine who does that, he, he calls it like discovery. So he's discovering what's around him and it'll read things out. The only things it won't read is let's say you're looking at a sign and it's um, a, a, like a logo like sort of like what Coca-Cola will be like calligraphy, or I call it like wedding invitation font. You know, it's all fancy and everything. It's not really going to pick that up because it's going to get more regular printed text. Another issue with outdoors, and just to be honest with you, if you have this sun shining right at you, it is a camera. So it's going to sort of block out that camera view and maybe not work as well for outside or far away things. But that's really the uh, distance questions. Um, the other one was, uh, yeah, the half a page or the full page. So it, yeah, it's what it's as you get oriented to it, you'll understand how to where to hold things, how far away and how close. If I pointed, it's only going to read that side of the page also, because it's starting from where so it knows that I pointed at that page and not the left one. Whether you know, or if I pointed at the left page, it's going to it's going to start at the left page, not the right page. And then if I had the text, let's say if I just had one page up and I only got half the text, it actually recognizes that I'm missing half the text and will redirect me. 
It will say, you seem to be holding the text a little bit to the right. Please hold it more centered and point again. So it just takes a little bit to understand where the center is and where, where to um, hold items, as well as when using the pointing feature. Um, and, and you might, and different maybe than the um, uh, read device, the beeps that you hear. If you hear a higher pitch beep or a lower pitch beep, that means you're, you're, the higher the pitch beep you hear, the more centered your finger is versus a lower pitch beep, which would be more towards the edge. Awesome, thank, thank you. Thank you, Brian. Corey, is there any follow-up? No, that was uh, that was really detailed and I, I, I think you're right. It's probably just a bit of a learning curve with it and uh, I, I appreciate the, uh, the answers, thank you. Well, thank you, Michelle and Brian. Uh, I've been an OrCam user since 2019. And, you know, a few quick comments. Number one, uh, as an anecdote, the people from Israel actually sat in my home several times to tell me about the device. And indeed, uh, these days I've had some good contacts with Maiden. So with that said, um, what made me interested in the OrCam and still stands is the fact that it's a wearable. And I think it more truly represents the reading process, especially if you've had some vision and are transitioning to a situation of either being totally blind or vision impaired. If you've had that experience reading, you've got something that's more natural with the device. So I think that's important. The other thing that I found very helpful, and I've worked in situations where, for example, reviewing applicants for a job, when you're looking at these documents, people who are around you become very concerned, as was noted, oh, you're scanning it. Is it going to be safe? No. So the privacy factor was a big factor in having me stay on committees. And I'll sort of leave it there as a start point and maybe have other comments later, but the fact, the features that we're showing tonight are fabulous. Thank you, Leo. Thank you, Leo. No, thank you, Leo, also. I know you make good points. And uh, you know the point of you saying you know, holding the book and, and actually feeling it and holding it and you doing that because the more natural thing later in life, uh, vision loss, I mean, that's a big feature that's something that a lot of people like. I do know that. Um, I've had people have had people mention that, but you mentioned sometimes that can actually be a little bit of a hindrance when I'm teaching someone how to use the device, just to mention this, is that Every, some people are so used to looking through a bifocal or the bottom part of their lens. A lot of people in the learning curve will tilt their head back and then the camera's pointing up to the ceiling rather than yeah. down to the book yeah. or the page. So I've come across that and that's, that's a hard thing to overcome, but usually people do. But thank you, Leo. Uh, thank you so much for agreeing to come on here and to do the, be flexible and do this presentation. I um, had a couple of questions. One was about the different things you did. So the barcode, the money, um, and the various modes. I know with some of the apps we use, we do have to change modes, but the way it sounded, was it just automatically knew that that was a piece of, of money or a product to scan the barcode or um, text? Is that correct? You don't have to um, switch. That was my First question. And my second question is, um, it struck me when you were mentioning the person programming in all their own barcodes and say, if I had one and programmed in 55 bases or something like that, and then something happened to the device or I needed to get a new device or 
get it fixed. Would all of that be lost since it's not really, um, things aren't stored as much on the device or would I be able to reload those things onto a new device? So yes, the, mo the modes are seamless, uh, definitely. Um, and that, that's, a, that's a big positive factor. Um, and I don't know if you know, Michelle, about the, I have to look into that, about what you, what you just mentioned about the faces. It's, it, it's my understanding, Kim, that you, you would have to reprogram things in, into a new device. Okay. It's my understanding from replacements that we've done since nothing can be downloaded or exported. It's a, my understanding we can follow up for sure, but that's my understanding that you do have to, you know, you would have to reprogram. Question um, related to uh, how new features appear on the OrCam. Uh, I have um, some expectation that uh, things can be downloaded to it uh, through the app, the companion app. You haven't mentioned that. Uh, is that uh, the case or how does that work? So the way that the app works, it's just, it's a benefit. So it's like a co-partner to the device. What I like about the app is, first of all, in the app, there is a find my OrCam feature. So it's accessible, it works with voiceover and it's accessible. Let's say you misplace your OrCam in your home. You can tap on one of the buttons and your device will begin to beep and to light up so you can find it. But you also have the ability to control your volume, control your rate of speed. Um, for example, facial recognition. <clears throat> you can control your facial recognition via vocal commands, but through the app, it gives you the option of not having to remember what those vocal commands are and be able to turn the feature on and off, control how often it recognizes a face. So what I really like and find beneficial about the app is it took the most popular features of the device and boom, dropped it into the app to make things just simpler for you. Now, when it comes to um, new features, you don't download um, new features through the app. So what we do is if you have a device, the only time you need to be connected to Wi-Fi is in your home to receive what we call updates. So if there is an improvement to a specific feature or there's, um, you know, there's a little bug that we need to fix, we will send out a update and it seamlessly happens very much the same way that you plug your cell phone in to the charger and downloads automatically happen. It's the same way with the OrCam. So what we do, if you have a device, we provide updates, but new features that's considered upgrades. That's a little, that's different. That's something different. And that would be probably like in the future, you know, if there's if there's a different device. But any technology that's on there now, for example, the smart reading, the orientation feature that Brian mentioned, all those will be improved on upon your device, your existing device, and those are considered updates, and those are free. So if Jim, we wanted, a, go ahead, if Jim. we if we wanted uh, a new feature that um, uh, has come out we'd have to get the new device. Is that correct? Not necessarily. Like an upgrade. Yeah, not necessarily. It might be uh, either through some kind of download or, or a through Wi-Fi or through a QR code, possibly. Mm. 
it just depends on the, on the moment. Yeah. How they're, how they're doing it. But the device that we have now present is brand new. I mean, we just launched it and the focus of research and development is focused on improving, you know, those devices. So okay, the device good. we have now is where all the energy is being put. Good. Thank you. Hi, sorry about that. Um, Sorry, I joined a little late, so I'm, I'm maybe somebody has asked this question. What is the price for it and what's the warranty? Okay. So here in the U.S., I don't know what the Canadian conversion is, but for the OrCam MyEye, the MSRP is $4,250. And then for the OrCam Read, which is our handheld device, it is $1,990. And they both do basically the same thing. So they both do the, so the, they both read. They both read. That's their primary function is reading. The uh -huh. MyEye, the wearable device, has some more functionality. It does barcode recognition, money, um, color. Uh, did I mention facial recognition? Okay. And the read is its main function is just to read. It's just to read. You can add the smart reading feature to it but it just reads as it's time at this time. That's, that's what it does. Both devices have vocal commands. Both devices have companion apps. They're both, you know, Bluetooth compatible in reference to the warranty. The, my eye comes with a two-year warranty. The read comes with uh, a one-year warranty and oh. you can buy additional years of warranty for an extra charge. Um, the $4,000 that was quoted for the OrCam. I is that American? That is American, yes, ma'am. Yeah, it's American oh. dollars. Four thousand two hundred fifty dollars American, and then one thousand nine hundred ninety dollars for the read American. And uh, I was also thinking about the magnet that um, the Orcam I uh, attaches to your glasses. Is that a really good magnet? Because for that price, I'd be scared of losing it. So it is. It is a very good grip on there, but. Israelis are smart and they, they really think and, and plan ahead for things. So on both devices, there is a little bracket attached to your OrCam that you can, and we provide a lanyard. So you can connect a lanyard to your device. So God forbid you trip, fall, just even forget that you're wearing the device and take your glasses off. The device will simply fall <laughs> around your neck. So that is available on both devices as a safety feature. And we provide the, the lanyard. You don't have to use ours, but just know that it comes with the device. I think that would probably run about 7,000 Canadian, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe somebody can figure just that out. Just under 6,000. It's just under six, okay. And just over 2,000. You add about 35%. Oh, okay. Thank you. Thank you. So a uh, couple points. How does it stick to plastic frames? How does the magnetic work on plastic frames. Also, the uh, field of vision for the camera. What is the field of vision, and is the does does the OrCam is it at its peak when it's working inside or outside? Like, what would be the ideal um, distance for uh, for reading and 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 the field of vision? Thank you. Sure. So the field, the field of vision is basically if I'm holding uh, a regular uh, page about 
what, uh, what is it, 10, like 10 by 11? I don't know. Um, eight and a half by 11. Eight and a half, sorry, eight and a half by 11 in front of me. And I'm holding it at about 30 to, 30 to 40 centimeters out in front of me. It's seeing like in landscape mode, it's seeing that whole page. And then as okay. they go further out, it, it, it widens. Now, as you talk about far, far away, I mean, it can get, it just depends how big something is far away. Uh, I guess I'm thinking more of a bus stop. I'm thinking more of a bus stop. Like if you're walking along the street and you're looking for a bus stop, what realistically, when, uh, at what point could it recognize the bus stop and at what point would it recognize it? Sure. Saying, you know, bus, bus number, whatever. Yeah, Brian, um, yes. wouldn't it depend on the size of the sign of the bus stop Correct. and how Correct. close you were to it? Correct. Um, what I, that's what I was getting at. And that's, um, yeah, it, it would depend on the size and how close or how far you were. Um, there was some work in the past, I know about it, and they did have this working in Israel where you could have like this mode where it automatically recognized bus numbers on a bus. The issue was, is that uh, every city, I, I don't know about in Canada, but every city here in the US has a different bus and the bus number yeah. is located somewhere different. And the bus, it can be an LED, it could be a different kind of light, it could be just a, a, a sign. So it was very, very varied and too varied. I, don't, I have to find out if they're still working on the bus number issue. But in Israel, they did have it working where you, it automatically would tell you the bus number when it saw it. Thanks, uh, Michelle and Brian, could you briefly comment on the battery pack uh, additional uh, purchase that you can make? I found that helpful. Sure, so, so we have um, an external battery, Brian's holding it there in his hand and it's called the Charge Me. So for those of you who use maybe Apple AirPods, you may understand this concept. When you, your Apple AirPod case charges your AirPods. So when you put them in the case, it automatically charges them. This is the same concept with the charge me. You simply sit your device, place your device in, within the charge me and it is charging. It's charging on the go. There's a nice clip on the back of the charger. So you can clip it onto your pocket, you can clip it in your purse, clip it on your waistband, whatever you feel is most comfortable. And so it's charging on the go. So let's say you go to a restaurant, you read a menu, you're done using your device. You can simply place it right back in the charger in the charge me and it's charging for you. Something else I really like about it is that when you're done with your device in the evening, all you do is sit the charge me back in its charger or sit the device, the Orcan back in its charge me and put both things to charge. So they both charge simultaneously. And within 45 minutes, roughly 45 minutes, both items are completely charged. It's a fabulous approach. Michelle, what a perfect segue, because I'm going to ask a question about a restaurant menu. Um, in, in that case where you may have um, a photo and some artsy-fartsy text or something, how, how does the unit take the the content it can read and communicate that to you and, and leave the others behind? What, what happens in that sort of scenario? So if you, so do you mean if the menu, for example, has like a floral background and then there's text 
written a book on top of it? Is that what you're asking? Yeah, sort of any okay. sort of situation or it might have photos of the food item and it may have some some different kind of text. Uh, you know, is, it does it separate what it can't read, but still yes. provide you what it can? Yes, it does. So if it comes across an image, you know, it cannot give you a description of the image, not yet, or Cam's not there yet. So what it does is it will tell you um, skipped one line of unrecognizable text. And then boom, it goes to the next line that it's able to read. So wow. when it comes across an image or font that it cannot recognize, that's what it tells you. Skipped one line of unrecognizable text and boom, just begins, you know, it picks up from where it left off. But it doesn't recognize images whatsoever. So like no. when I took a picture of the newspaper, there was like a photo in, in the newspaper. It just disregards it. It disregards the photo. And what about if it's a column situation? Does it scan one column and then move to the next? Yes. Yes. The device is trained to read in column mode. It reads newspapers. So it knows to read up and down. Yes. Thank you. Hey, thanks, Heather. Um, battery life? Always the big question. It's always the good question. So, Nolan, I'll give it to you. So, with the OrCam MyEye, you know, it's a small device. It's the size of your finger, weighing 0.8 ounces. We need to keep it lightweight in order to keep it discreet and that you could wear it for extended periods of time. So, if you are just reading with your OrCam MyEye, it's about 80 minutes of what we call continuous use. Okay, 80 minutes of continuous use. When it comes to the OrCam Read, our handheld device, since it's larger, it has a larger battery. So that gives you four hours of continuous use. Now, both devices go into what we call suspend mode. So if you don't use your device for like two minutes, it goes into suspend mode to preserve the battery. Boom, you just tap it and it <clears> wakes up. So it knows how to go into certain modes to preserve battery. Now, you can be using your OrCam while it's charging. There's an actual, if you have the charge me, the, um, the external battery I was discussing, there's a cord that lets you connect to that and to your OrCam so you can simultaneously be using it. You can use it in your car. You can plug in basically the cord into any USB port and be using the device while it's charging. Okay. Um, do you have like an example of typical use? Let's say you're Oh, I don't know. I guess it'd be different for someone who was in an office all day. But like for the average use, I'm thinking 80 minutes. OK, if that's constant use, that could be what, like how many pictures, you know, like 200 pictures, 400 pictures or scans. So or scans. I don't I don't yeah. I, I don't just, know, to be honest, dude. Brian, could you answer any better? I don't know how to answer that. I've Nolan never had anyone ask that. That's interesting. So it's a good I, question. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I'm just trying to estimate over, say, a day in class uh, where I'm using it. It'd be light use. I mean, um, but say I scan, you know, 10 pieces of paper, plus I want to see if I can read uh, read the PowerPoint in the front and, you know, I'm looking around the classroom, seeing if I can pick something up. How long, how long would that kind of use, uh, would you think you'd get out of it? So for you, um, uh, the, the yeah. charge me would be a wonderful solution because what the charge me does is it provides you with an additional four charges. So about another four hours of life. So like I say, you could be wearing your OrCam and connect the cord from the OrCam to the Charge Me. And that's pretty much gonna take you through a whole day. 
I mean, we have people who work in office settings and use this device all, all throughout their day. So um, I think for you, that would be the best solution is, is something like the Charge Me. Um, and how much sure. is the Charge Me? Sorry, sorry to interrupt. Sure, how no much problem. is the so how much speaking, is the charge me? Sure. And speaking of American dollars, it's two hundred and fifty dollars. Okay. And Nolan, I'm actually gonna look into that question of yours, like actually how many pictures, because I'm sure somebody in R and D has done this. And I, I guess it has to do with the size of the page that you're taking pictures of. Right. There's a lot of, you know. So more process yeah. power. Yeah. I, I'm just gonna ask them like if they know like in what kind of context, like maybe they did an eight and a half by 11 page. They did it some team number of times. I'm going to find out that's interesting. Um, yeah, just because it, it have a good idea, because if I think 80 minutes throughout a day, you know, just 80 minutes solid in time, it's not much. But if you're saying it goes into that sleep mode, it could equal out to be, you know, an hour or two more than that. So I, I'm wondering how long I could count on having that access if I needed it, you know? It just, and it depends on the task. For example, let's say you go to the grocery store and you are identifying products. You know, you're trying to figure out um, if the mustard you're holding in your hand is spicy mustard, is it honey mustard? You know, when you pick up, pick, when you pick up items and you take pictures and the device is stopping and going, you know, it depletes faster. Mm -hmm, the same, mm -hmm. you know, faces, it's, it's working at a different rate. So I always tell people, it depends what you're doing. If you're just consecutively reading, you can get a good 80 minutes. If you're identifying faces and identifying products, you know, it's going to deplete a little faster. Okay. Okay. That helps. Thank you guys very much. Thank you. For the um, so I first encountered an OICAM, I guess it would have been the first one. This is several years ago now. And the first person that showed it to me said it would be no good for me because I'm totally blind and have been totally blind since birth and was sort of uh, freaked out by me in all kinds of ways. Said, how did you get here? Did you get here by yourself? You know, is that a guide dog? This kind of thing. And um, I tried it a little bit, but they said, no, I couldn't use it. And so then I didn't think about it anymore. But I know since then, you know, the thinking is, or maybe I just hit someone who just didn't understand or know. Um, so I just wonder if you're totally blind and have been so since birth. I mean, I've never held up a book. I read books on my lap <laughs> in Braille, right? So I, I've never held a book at the right angle to me. I mean, I've scanned things now with my phone or with Kurzweil or, and I, I'm tech savvy. I obviously, I guess I wouldn't be running this program if I wasn't, but um, I, are there different ways of teaching people who are totally blind? And I was glad to hear you say it's for everybody at all vision levels, because that wasn't the initial impression I had when I first encountered one. So I just wonder, um, are there ways or training materials that you use for someone who's never seen at all to make them more effective with it? Yeah, so definitely it's great to bring up Kim in. And again, I'm sorry that you had that um, experience with somebody. It sounds like someone who just didn't know what they were talking about. I would wonder why I want to know who it is or who it was. Hopefully they're not uh, showing Orcam anymore because- I think really, they're long gone. I think they're yeah, yeah. long gone, yeah. It's, uh, it's <laughs> always been, uh, very in, I always say Orcam is an inclusive uh, device, not exclu exclusive. Um, 
because it, it's, it doesn't depend on vision. Um, I like what you said, yeah, about uh, training and teaching. Yes, I've come across, uh, I have this one woman actually I've worked with in, in New York City. It took her a little while, but she was fine. She just, it took her a while to, yes, holding a book because she was blind from birth and holding a book to the way that it needed to work for her. That's all. And that's, that, that's what we needed to teach. And, um, you know, how WarCam is sitting on the glasses and she just needed to understand that, the, the, that she had to hold the book in that direction for the device to work for her. That's all. But you can have the device down, you know, on a desk or on your lap. You just have to understand to put your head down then. And that's where the camera is pointing. It's just getting your orientation. So I would say, yes, you know, it just, it just, and it's like with anyone, everybody learns different. Everybody's vision loss is different. I can have two people with the same uh, level of vision, same, uh, uh, you know, same uh, vision problem. And I have to teach two totally different ways because we're all unique. So just like anything, it's going to be, everybody's going to learn in their own unique way. And we always have to have a ways to show. And Kim, I'll, I'll share a quick story. Once again, I'm sorry, on behalf of OrCam, some people just, they just don't know the proper etiquette. And so I'm, I'm sorry you had that experience. But oh, as Brian okay. said, that's not the way we think at all now. And I just want to share really quick. Several years ago, there was a donation done to the Miami Lighthouse for the Blind, and it was done to students. It was donated to five students. The best student with the OrCam, the one who took to it to the fastest, learned it the fastest was a child that had been blind from birth. It was amazing. So yes, absolutely people that are, are totally blind can be very successful with OrCam. I was wondering uh, when you purchase an item, does it come with virtual training or do you get hours of like 10 hours or five hours of training included? So I'm not sure how Canada is working. Um, if we have representatives um, currently in Canada, we do have uh, technical support. We do have a technical support desk. And we also have really wonderful, um, they're short, but they're, they're direct and to the point uh, tutorials on our website. So we do have materials that you know can help you. There's wonderful YouTube videos. I'm not sure in reference to the representation. I don't know if you know, Brian, of, of what's currently going on in Canada. So I, I can't answer to that. Here in, here in the States, we do have people that can go work with you and train you. I'm just not sure how Canada's set up at the moment. Right. I'm not sure either. There were distributors in the past. I know I was in uh, Toronto for CNIB and um, went there one other time and met with a distributor, but that was back in 2014. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe Heather, you know, because you're familiar with the device too, that... Um, who is maybe distributor, but we can find out. Today is that Optelite Canada is the main distributor, but they, they're working with a lot of people. And in fact, actually, maybe off call, I can follow up with you and Maiden and uh, Michelle and give you some information. Yeah, and I think it's for us to find out there was supposed to be someone from Israel on here tonight. It was just late at night and we couldn't make it. And I should have asked that, that and found out about that. But uh, also, people can email us as well. We can give our emails at the end or through Kim as well. We can give some information and disperse all that. The ADP through uh, CNIB, you can go through uh, that process um, uh, through CNIB who sells these. Um, you can be assessed. People with stroke can also be assessed through the ADP. Now, whether they'll approve 
all of them. I don't know because ADP is a, a government program, but it certainly is on the list of items that are available through ADP. Okay, great, thanks. But that's only for Ontario. That is not necessarily for every province. Okay. Thank you. Ryan, Michelle, did you have anything you wanted to say about that? I kind of heard you're in the No, background. I just remembered that we did get uh, in, uh, listed with ADP in Ontario. So I did remember that from the past. That was also, you got it. Thank you. Okay, great. Now, is there anyone I've missed that wishes to make a comment or have a question? Hi, it's Jim. Go ahead, Jim. Um, yeah, I'm really surprised to hear you say, uh, uh, the first question, I'm really surprised to hear you say that uh, ADP, the Assistive Devices Program in Ontario, covers it because I had been told not all that long ago uh, that it wasn't. And in fact, the ADP system is way out of date in terms of covering whatever. I use a handheld mobility device called a Moet sensor. Uh, it's 27 years old. They haven't made it in 20 years. It's still the only mobility aid for blind people that's covered under uh, ADP. So I'm really surprised to hear you say that. If it is, that's great. Uh, my second question is uh, related to the fact that when you read something, you can't keep it. You can't put it anywhere. Is that something that is being worked on for the future? You're correct about that. It's not being, um, you can't save any text on there. Uh, from what I know, I do not know at this point if they're working on it right now. I know it's been discussed. I, I don't know if it's being worked on. All right, so my email is just, it's just our name. So it's mine's Brian, B-R-Y-A-N dot Walensky, W-O-L-Y-N-S-K-I at Orcam, O-R-C-A-M dot com. And Michelle? Mine is Michelle with two L's. So M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E dot Mendez, M E. N as in Nancy, D as in dog, E-Z. Michelle Mendez, michelle.mendez at orcam.com. No, and thank, and thank you all again. This has been a pleasure. Thank you for listening to the GTT podcast from the Canadian Council of the Blind. There are many ways to get in touch with us. You can call us toll-free at one 877 3040968 You can follow our GTT blog at gttprogram.blog If you'd like to subscribe to our email support list you can send a blank email to gtt support plus sign subscribe at groups.io And you can follow the Canadian Council of the Blind on the web at ccbnational.com